What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is some of my final thoughts ahead of the game week 16 deadline. So as always, I'm going to go through the latest press conference updates and answer some of your questions as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button to help me hit 400,000 subscribers as well. And if you haven't checked out Fantasy Football Hub, they've got a 30% off at the moment and a 30-day free trial. All the links you need to get signed up are in the description below. So let's start with the latest from Spurs because we did see Song go off with a knock against West Ham last night. He did seem to be in a bit of pain on the bench afterwards as well. And there were one or two reports saying that Pedro Porro was seen limping in the media zone too. Now, there's a few quotes going around from Postacoglu. This is what I saw posted on the official Spurs Twitter account. He said there's no update on Son. He was a bit sore after the game. They'll wait to see what the outcome is and then whether or not he's ready for Sunday. And he ended the clip by saying there's nothing apart from Sonny that looks too significant. So he didn't mention any other players by name. I watched that clip and the interviewer asked for team news and then specifically anything on Son. So he didn't ask about any other individual players. Now that last bit, there's nothing apart from Sonny that looks too significant. I think you can take it one or two ways. That there are some other knocks, but they're not that bad. And Son's is really bad. Or no one else was really sore. And Son is the only one that's got any kind of significant so uh, significant soreness. But it's probably still not enough to keep him out of the game. I honestly don't know. And we're not going to get, I would say, any more information ahead of tomorrow's deadline, especially when Spurs play on Sunday. My general thinking with Son is you keep him. Because after Newcastle at home, bearing in mind there's not another midweek game now until Christmas. So you've got a whole week off until game week 17. After Newcastle at home, it's Forest away, Everton at home, Brighton away. And in game week 20, before they go to the Asia Cup, it's Bournemouth at home. That just feels like a pretty good fixture run for a guy that when he's fit is absolutely nailed. And also he hasn't been ruled out of the Newcastle game. It might be that he's fine to play that. And I just think most people have got so much other things going on. It's just not worth using a transfer. So if you've got someone on your bench, even if it's like Cameron Archer or a player like that, I would just risk starting Son and just go from there. If you've still got your wild card and you're looking to use it soon, then maybe you could get rid of him if there's someone you really want to bring in instead. But I would suggest for most people, you probably just hold on to him. In terms of the Poro injury, no mention anywhere since last night about the limping. So I would say if you own him, absolutely no issues. You just play him. For anyone that's thinking about bringing him in like I am, I'm probably still going to go for it, I think especially if it's not for a hit. I just wish that Postacoglu had been asked about him specifically as well, not just Son. But maybe there was just nothing in it. Maybe it was just a brief glimpse. Someone saw him. He seemed to be limping a little bit. And that was it. But either way, Postacoglu has been pretty open with team news this year. So I'm not that worried. I'm slightly concerned about Son, but not enough to sell him, I don't think. So let's move on to West Ham next. Now, to be honest with you, there wasn't really too much in David Moyes' press conference that's going to help us for decisions moving forward, but there's still a couple of players that we need to talk about. Ariola missed the game against Spurs with a minor wrist injury, and some people I saw on social media saying that Bowen looked like he was limping towards the end of the game, but to be honest with you, there wasn't really a massive volume of people saying that, and nothing has been mentioned since. So my assumption is that Bowen's probably going to be fine, and there is definitely not enough doubt there to sell him. So if you own him, I would definitely keep hold of him. And I don't even think it's that much of a issue to buy him this week. If you uh, to buy him, sorry, if you needed a new midfielder, this is what David Moy said: no team news to give out, 
we're reporting in so early so we're waiting for them to check in and we'll find out in the next few hours so there's literally zero information about any of their players with Ariola, there are some other reports going around to say that he's pulled some ligaments in his wrist now i don't know how bad that is moy said that they thought he might be fine for last night and he wasn't so they're going to have to find out when he's going to be available that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be fine for fulham it could be that he's only out for a few days but still has to miss sunday so i think if you're on the Ariola and turner rotation like i am and obviously turner's no good to us anyway I would probably make a goalkeeper transfer unless we get news ahead of the deadline, but that just doesn't look likely whatsoever because West Ham are another team that are playing on Sunday. So I think if you've got Ariola and Turner, Turner to Dubravka is a pretty easy move. You could look for a different goalkeeper if you wanted to. Edison, if you've got a lot of money to spare, you can get through blank game week 18. Sanchez at Chelsea as well. But Dubravka at 4 million just seems like a bit of a no-brainer. Even if Ariola comes back, I still think it's worth the safety of making that move this week and i'm going to do it for a hit as well i may even start Ariola in my team just in case he's fine in which case the hit wouldn't be needed but i just think there is that doubt that he doesn't start and look there is that thought process that even if debravka plays sorry even if Ariola misses out and you have debravka he's not going to get you anything because he's playing away to spurs and it could just be another one or two pointer and that four point hit might not be worth it but if you miss one of those games where actually Newcastle do okay, maybe gets a few saves, some bonus points, who knows? You, you, I, feel, I feel like most people would be frustrated they didn't go for that move. So you could just go with 10 players and risk that Ariola starts. But I think for me, I'd rather get the goalkeeper and just be done with it almost. A bit like a reset. You know you're going to use Dubravka a lot over the next few weeks. And then when Ariola is back, you've still got that rotation to kind of go back to. So unfortunately, no more news than that. I would hold Bowen. I don't think he's a huge issue to bring in either. And with Ariola, I probably wouldn't risk it. I'd probably get another goalkeeper. And I'd prefer to sell Turner before Ariola. So there were a few things from Jurgen Klopp today about Liverpool, but I don't think most of them are going to make a huge amount of difference to most people's FPL squads. The most interesting thing was about Alisson. So Klopp said, Alisson looks good. I don't know if good enough for tomorrow. So that's the match against Crystal Palace. But he did confirm that he's now returned to training. So if you haven't already bought Kelleher, just ignore him completely. If you're on Kelleher and Turner, or even Kelleher and Areola, I guess, which is what a lot of people will be on, I would just risk that one of those goalkeepers will start. In that particular situation, I probably wouldn't take a, oh, sorry, wouldn't use a transfer or take a hit to kind of rectify anything. You either hope that Kelleher starts, and if he doesn't, hope that Areola does. And if neither of them start, you just put it down to a little bit of bad luck. It does look like Alisson's going to be back for the Man United game in game week 17 at a minimum. But that's kind of when we were expecting him to come back anyway. So yeah, if you're on Kelleher and Turner or Kelleher and Ariola, I would just probably risk it and hope that Alisson's getting better, but not quite good enough to play against Crystal Palace. Just the other couple of things was McAllister doesn't look good. So we have to see day by day. I don't expect him to be ready by tomorrow. It didn't even sound like McAllister would necessarily be back for Man United either but from an FPL point of view doesn't really make much difference and obviously Matip is out pretty much for the season with an ACL injury now that would mean that Canate's minutes get better and if you really want a Liverpool defender that's a cheap route into that defense because he only costs 4.9 million but even with Matip out I don't know if Canate is 100% nailed you would expect him to start the majority of games but could we see Simakas? Van Dyke, Gomez, and Trent. That could happen at some point. And also, 
I think for a defender that doesn't really offer a huge amount of attacking threat, bringing them in for Palace away, Man United at home and Arsenal at home doesn't sound great. I fully get it with Trent, because if he loses a clean sheet, you've got that attacking upside. But for Canate, I'd probably just ignore him for now. All right, let's get into some of your questions. So who's the best Chelsea defender to go for outside of Sanchez? Thiago Silva, Colwell, or Reese James? Now, I think a lot of this comes down to what your risk appetite is and how many other potential issues you've got in your squad. The absolute best option when they all get minutes is, of course, Reese James. He's the most attacking of the three, but we know he's got those injury issues. We know that, well, we don't know this, but it does seem like he's being managed a little bit more than maybe he would have been in the past. He hasn't played past 80 minutes once this season in the league. So do you want to risk that, right? Only you can decide if you're thinking about bringing a Chelsea defender in. For what it's worth, I love Reese James, but I just don't think I can do it. I also think it's possibly the wrong time of the season to be taking that risk because of the extra fixtures. If this was the start of the season and Chelsea aren't in Europe and they're just playing every weekend, then maybe you take that risk because of the recovery time. But I think over Christmas, it's just not really there. I think if he's fully fit, and Pochettino didn't say otherwise in his press conference, he should start Everton. Six days later, at Sheffield United. So he should start that as well. And Reese James is more than good enough to get huge scores in both of those games. But then they've got a Carabao Cup game after Sheffield United before Wolves. So I think he could miss game week 18, which is not ideal if you're carrying Man City and Brentford players. Then he'll probably play Crystal Palace at home. And then he's probably going to miss Luton away three days later, I would assume anyway. So I think, like I said um, when I talked about him before, I think there's a chance he misses one or two of the next five. And that's without even taking into account injury. So you, only you can decide whether you want to take that risk. I think Thiago Silva is the most nailed on Chelsea defender. But given that it's a 0.5 million difference for Colwell, I'm not sure it's worth that extra cost. If your team looks really set and you don't think you're going to need that money anytime soon, then maybe you could play, uh, pay for the security of Thiago Silva. But if I bring one of their defenders in, right now I'm probably going to go for Colwell. Because at 4.5 million, that just feels like potentially really good value. And to be fair, we talk about Silva being nailed on. Colwell has only not started two games. Game week 12, he was injured. Um, and game week 13, I think it's a weird one, game week 13, because the reports are that he trained all week. But maybe there was something going on with his shoulder, which meant he didn't come back into the team straight away. Either way, he started the last two games back to back. So I think for 4.5 minutes, he just offers really good value. But if you're asking me who the most nailed is, it's probably Thiago Silva. It just feels a bit boring. But to be honest with you, at a time when there's not a huge amount of other great defenders, with the fixtures Chelsea have got, I really don't think that's the worst move. The only thing I would say is game week 16 doesn't have a huge amount of clean sheets. It doesn't look like that anyway on paper. I don't know if Chelsea get one against Everton away. And it's not like Colwell or Thiago Silva has massive amounts of attacking threat either. So I would say if you're not in a rush to get them or you've got other transfers to do, you could just leave that move until game week 17 instead. So which Man City defender do you prefer? I like Walker and Stones. I think Stones is a slight minutes concern compared to Walker, but I think he's more likely to get an attack in return. Now, Man City defense, I haven't really talked about a huge amount, even though like Chelsea, their fixtures coming up are pretty good. It is worth saying straight away, which I'm sure you're aware of by now, they do blank in game week 18. So if you're going to bring in one of their defenders, just bear in mind you're not going to be able to use them that week. But outside of that, they've got Luton away this week, Palace at home in game week 17. In 19, it's Everton away. Then it's Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away, which will be tricky. Uh, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Everton at home. So the run from now until game week 24 outside of the blank 
is pretty good. So I do get the appeal of looking at a Man City defender, even though they have conceded a good few goals recently. Now, with John Stones, I think there's no question that he is in Man City's best 11. But I don't think I would bring him in right now, even though 5.3 million is quite an enticing price, because he hasn't played a huge amount of minutes this season. And I just think Man City will need to be careful with him. And with the extra fixtures over Christmas, that could be a problem. Plus, they've got to go away for the Club World Cup as well, which is not ideal. So I think I would personally avoid Stones. The obvious two to talk about, really, are Walker and Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz has started pretty much every game apart from Game Week 9 and Game Week 11 and the first game of the season. But he's usually a 90-minute man, and he'll cost you 5.5. Kyle Walker at 5.3 has somewhat gone under the radar, probably because of the lack of clean sheets recently. But he started every single game for 90 minutes. Do you know the only slight problem with him this week, if you're thinking about bringing in a Man City defender, will Pep Guardiola go with a back four of just really tall defenders? Think about what Arteta did. He played Kivior instead of Zinchenko because it was up against, oh sorry, because he was up against Luton. What did Klopp do? He benched Simakas and played Gomez instead, presumably for that height, because in terms of crosses and set pieces, Luton aren't that bad. So will Pep do something similar where maybe he plays like Ake, Ruben Diaz, Stones, and maybe a Kanji on the right or something like that, just to add that extra height? Possibly. So long term, I think Walker probably is the defender to go for. There is maybe some slight doubts this week. It's not 100% he's going to be benched, but also we've just had a midweek game as well. So you never know. Uh, just on a Kanji, he is a weird player in that I feel like I never... He's never at the top of my list of Man City defenders, but he always seems to start, and he's only 4.9 million. Now, he started quite a bit while Stones is out because I think he's the only other defender that can really play that similar role where you move into midfield. But he also started against Villa. So could he get good minutes? Possibly. But I think if I'm going for a Man City defender, I want that. I, I would say security is starts. So I don't think you can ever guarantee it with Man City. But I think you want to try and do your best. I would probably go for Ruben Diaz or Walker as long as you can cope with blank game week 18. So with the fixtures that Chelsea have got coming up, do I think it's better to double up on their attack or their defense? Now, the boring answer is it depends on how your team is currently set up. So if you had a defense that has two of Trippier, Trent, maybe Pedro Porro, and possibly a Man City defender, you don't have a huge amount of room to also put two Chelsea defenders in, and you probably don't need them either. So you could just go for one, and then possibly double up on the attack if you needed to. Whereas if I look at my team, I've got five defenders that over the next two to three game weeks I don't think are that great. And my midfield is Salah, Son, Saka, and Palmer. So I've already got one Chelsea attacker. And I'm happy with all four of those picks while they remain fit. Hopefully Son will be fit for this week. And then I've got the Embermo slot to deal with. Now I could go to Sterling. But I think for me I'd rather leave the option open of having two Chelsea defenders instead. And there's other players like Gordon that I could put in that slot. So I... Yeah, the boring answer is it depends on how your squad is set up. The question that if I was streaming, people would ask, what if I was on wildcard this week? Would I go double defense or double attack? I think I would go for the double up on attack. But the reason for that is I could make sure that I've got other good bench players to cover that Sterling yellow card. Because if he gets one more, he's going to get suspended. So for example, I could have Sterling and Palmer and then maybe have Solanke, Watkins and Haaland up front and three other good midfielders. So even if Sterling got suspended... I'd still be able to put out a pretty good 11. Whereas the situation I'm in right now, it probably makes more sense to look at maybe a Silver and a Colwell rather than Sterling 
and Palmer. But to, but to be honest with you, the decision is really close. I don't think this is going to make or break your season. So if you've got a preference one way or another, just go for that. So is it worth getting Trippier into our teams with a lack of defenders, as well as some budget midfielders being options like Garnacho, Lacelso, etc.? Now, in my team selection video earlier, I did mention those cheap midfielders as potentially options for our squads. I think just a word of caution, though, I would not want to leave myself in a position where I have to play them every single week. I think having a Garnacho or a McTominay or a Lacelso as your eighth attacker that's mostly on your bench, a bit like Cameron Archer would be, or Semenya or someone like that, is fine. But I wouldn't want to have to play them every single week with no other backup available. And, and the reason I say that is, they're getting minutes at the moment, but they're the kind of players where you wouldn't be completely shocked if that stops. Like at Man United, McTominay and Garnacho are playing pretty well. I don't think Ten Hag will drop them while they're performing, but it wouldn't be a complete shock if it happened at some point. Similarly with Lo Celso, He's obviously filling the void a little bit for Madison right now. And overall, I think he's played pretty well. But maybe with the results that Spurs are getting, perhaps Postacoglu changes things around. Is that going to involve taking Poro out or Son out when they're fit? Absolutely not. Is Lacelso completely safe? I don't think anyone could say that with 100% certainty. So I'm not trying to put people off. I'm considering this myself. But they would need to be in as an eighth attacker. In terms of funding Trippier, I've also looked at that. And I completely get it. And I do think with a lack... I spoke about this kind of weeks ago. With a lack of defenders, I think it's nice to have that assured starter that's very creative, going to get you attacking returns, great for bonus, plays for a good defense, that you can just set and forget and play every single week. The reason that I'm not really looking at it for my own team is because Trippy is on four, uh, four yellow cards. And look, it's not the end of the world, right? He might just miss one game, but it could run. it could come at the wrong time. And he could end up missing a pretty good fixture as well. I think for most Trippier owners, they probably would have been hoping that he got the yellow card last night so that he missed Spurs away, which is one of their tougher games coming up. The problem is now, is if I bring him in with two free transfers because I need him because I'm not happy with the other defenders that I've got to choose from, and then he misses one of the good games, that doesn't really leave me in a great position. So if he gets a yellow card against Spurs away, he misses Fulham at home. Great fixture on paper. You don't want him to miss that. And if he gets the yellow card against Fulham, he would then miss Luton away, which is in blank game week 18. Now, I think for most people's squads, because Imbermo is not an option and we're selling him, that's one less player that's going to blank. And so it's only Man City players that are really going to be affected. Maybe some of you have got like Flecken or Wisser or someone like that. But it's still going to be annoying if he misses that Luton away game. And it, and it kind of carries on if he gets a yellow against Luton and he misses Nottingham Forest. It might be he gets no yellows in any of those games and he absolutely smashes it. I just still feel the same as I did back in game week 10. I just don't feel like I need to force him into my team. It's a little bit different than in game week 10 because back then Arsenal had good fixtures. I had Simicast as well. There were other defenders to look at. and Maybe that's less so right now. But if I bring Porro in, and if I look for a Chelsea defender, I only ever need one more every week then. And so I, pr I feel like I can possibly get away without Trippier. So that's not, as always, it's not me sitting here telling you Trippy is a bad option. Absolutely not. This could work. I would just be a little bit cautious about having to play those cheap midfielders every week. They could be absolute gold. And Trippy on four yellow cards just puts me off too much. Like, there's lots of players on four yellows right now. And some of them are just not going to get carded and they're going to absolutely smash it. 
but someone's going to get suspended soon and i'm going to be glad that i don't have that particular player but that's just how i play the game you are more than welcome to play differently if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already i'll be back for the deadline stream tomorrow at half nine uh, in the morning uk time to see in game week 16 otherwise good luck with game week 16 i kind of almost forgetting how i'm supposed to end this video good luck with game week 16 thanks for watching it's a normal week next week we've got a full week before the game week 17 deadline but hopefully i'll see some of you tomorrow for the game week 16 deadline stream sports social podcast network